Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined as always by Andrew Holly. And Holly, before I get to you, I want to apologize to you and apologize to our listeners. Uh, we had recorded an episode um, before the Panthers game with some predictions, with some analysis, but uh, I had some audio difficulties, which made it pretty unlistenable. So, my bad. I'm I'm back on my grind now, and uh, won't happen ever again. So, with that, Holly, how we doing, man? Hey, man, it, it's no worries, and 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 I'm doing. I'm doing okay, man. Doing okay. Right. I'm ready for some uh, talk. Talk some more Ravens football. Watch some more Ravens football. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Ravens went down to Carolina and really put a stranglehold on the second half. Uh, beat the Panthers twenty to three um, behind some really good defense, some really impressive clock control, and um, yeah. So what we're gonna do this episode is kind of go over the past two games, the preseason games, and talk about guys who have stood out to us and how those standouts, whether good or bad, impact their respective position groups. And that's going to really play into determining the final 53-man roster as we as we march our way uh, to this last preseason game and eventually to week one. So, um, Saints game and the... Panthers, I mean, two wins got tied the all-time record for most preseason wins in a row. First of all, big deal, small deal. How are you, how are you feeling on that? I mean, it's it, – I don't think it's a – I don't think it's a big deal, you know, because it's preseason, obviously. But I don't think it's a, a nothing deal either. Yeah, somewhere in between. Yeah, I exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I – I want to see us win. I mean, I don't want to see us lose those games. I mean, it it shows you that our shows you our depth. It shows you how prepared that depth is. I mean, there's a lot of things. I, I mean, I really enjoy watching preseason games. I mean, I know that there are times they can be a real slog, but generally, I'm able to take enough out of them that I I don't know. I I like what they provide as far as as far as you know looking at it analytically I mean obviously if you're just there to watch a good football game you're like well this sucks but I mean as far as roster management and all that stuff I find it fascinating yeah I agree for sure and then like you said somewhere in the middle you kind of take the value out of it that that you want to I mean I think it means that generally the Ravens have been able to construct roster depth that's better than other teams roster depth and that's always important that's why the ravens have been a very successful franchise um but yeah like you said i mean it's fascinating to us because you know we're always thinking like oh man like did that guy just make the team based on you know a good series one play yeah exactly well yeah two two good plays in a row man Oh, he really showed enough now. Yep, yep. And it's, yeah, it's like your third string guy going up against, you know, the Panthers fourth string guy. And like, really, how much does it mean? But, you know, I I think it does go into kind of why recently the Ravens have really put it on teams in week one. I think they're just more prepared in week one because of the practice and 
and, and the way that they play in the preseason games. And, you know, I, I think that eventually does translate over into week one. And, and maybe that's the value that you take it, that you take out of it. It's just better prepared football teams going into each season. Yeah, I think that's really what it comes down to. I mean, it, generally, the Ravens are not a sloppy football team. It happens, I mean, like, to every football team. But, you know, I think it, it it's a credit to John Harbaugh. It's a credit to his coaching staff. And it's a credit to to the, you know, scouting and, and player development that we're able to get these guys in. And they're, I mean, it's just the preseason, but they're still able to step in and perform at a level that's better than the other teams, you know, than, than their peers, you know, on the other side of the field. So that's still impressive. I mean, it's not, certainly we're not winning any championships or putting up any banners for it, but it's it's kind of a nice little side note for sure to, to the Harbaugh era Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you're in the same sentence as Vince Lombardi, that's probably a good thing. So I'll take it for what it's worth. It's all good. Um, so, yeah, so so moving on, we're going to talk about the games, talk about the roster a little bit. Um, it's going to seem a little bit all over the place, so let me try to put a little bit of structure around it. Covering the two preseason games, let's go position group by position group. Let's talk about maybe one guy that's stood out, uh, one guy that we've hoped to see more from. I don't know if, you, if, if we're going to run out of guys or run out of time in this podcast. We'll be here for hours, but... Let's give that a shot for now. Yeah, and, I like that uh, idea. We'll see how it goes. So um, I think first, let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh, I haven't seen Lamar Jackson in game action yet, but I kind of prefer that. And I don't think he needs these preseason games. But uh, between Trace McSorley, who's who's hurt and a back injury out for the rest of the preseason, and Tyler Huntley, um, I think it's you know more so than um, McSorley's injury. I think. Tyler Huntley has kind of earned the backup spot on his own as well. Is that your take? I agree completely. He's got to be the man at this point. I mean, he looked, not only did he look better against the Panthers, when he got the whole game against, or excuse me, he looked better against the Saints. When he got the whole game against the Panthers, wow. I mean, he really looked, I, I mean, look, it's a, you know, with all the caveats of it's a preseason, blah, blah, blah. He looked really pretty good. I mean, I, I, I think in all honesty, now, certainly I'd be nervous and whatever if something were to happen and he's starting in the regular season. But where we stand today, I'd feel pretty comfortable with him starting and playing. And let's face it, the little bit we did get to see him last year. He he gave us no reason to be concerned. So, I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. And and of course, he's not Lamar, but he does have like we've always said, like he's got a little bit of that juice in which, you know, he's got the acceleration. He's got the shiftiness. He can move around. He's got the strong yeah. arm. He's um, got that and, mobility. Know. He's got that mm-hmm. little bit of the X factor that Lamar has. I like the fact that they've got that. It doesn't mean that much, but it still does a little bit that they have that personal relationship and, you know, all that little, you know, high school back and forth that they had, you know, on the football field. I mean, I think that's pretty cool. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I really, I certainly like, regardless, I, I certainly like Huntley better than McSorley for the backup. We'll see what happens. I think at this point, I 
I might be comfortable just going with two quarterbacks. Would you go with two quarterbacks or three? Uh, probably two. Um, because mostly because I like a lot of the uh, the end of the roster guys at other positions. Yeah. And I think keeping a third quarterback is kind of a luxury that the Ravens can't really afford to cut other talent. Um, yeah. You know, Although the means, other thing you got to think about is Omar's not not vaccinated, and is Huntley? Uh, I don't know about Huntley. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always a consideration. Yeah. That's like a major thing we got to think about. Um, it's stupid. It, it's something we have to think about, but whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think we're probably still okay with, with two. The other the other thing is, you know, if if, uh, if a, another team wants to stick you know, Trace McSorley on their active roster, you know, I think I'm okay with that. You know, otherwise oh, I, we have an opportunity to bring him I'm back not. to the practice squad. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. As far as McSorley goes, if he leaves, I, I mean, I don't think he's a bad player. That you know, I think he could, with the right development, he might be a, a an okay starting quarterback for the NFL. I don't think he's going to go to any Pro Bowls or anything like that. But I think he could be a, a solid, you know, starting caliber quarterback. But, you know, I don't, I don't see him certainly usurping either Lamar or Tyler Huntley at this point. I don't, you know. Who cares who our third quarterback is? I guess is my point. You know, we could we could find several people to play that role on our practice squad should someone decide to take McSorley. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting, especially with the back injury. I think people might be other well, teams might be a little bit he hesitant. May start on IR for a little while, and then you know I could see. Maybe midseason he ends up getting like released with an IR designation or you know one of those you know what I'm talking about whatever that is yeah however they yeah work and, and there's a new rule with you know three guys that are designated to return early uh, I believe it used to be less than that so there is seemingly a little bit more flexibility you know depending on how all that goes I think if you want to you know keep somebody on IR they need to be on the 53 man roster first and then put on IR which means they yeah. have to cut somebody else and that's always a danger um so yeah i mean it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him but that being said i think uh, Huntley has done enough to to earn that number 2 spot um in, in the games and yeah i mean i i'm not sure what else For sure. to say about yeah, the quarterbacks, I, so I think we've covered the quarterbacks. I mean, let's, well, let's go to something Lamar, a little bit. The guy. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to something a little bit more exciting: the running backs. And one guy in particular has caught your eye, and that is our well. We talked three. a bit about it last week in the uh, the uh, dark pod, the, uh, mm-hmm. the 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 pod that is only only those of us in the uh, in the insider podcast, the Patreon podcast. Uh, yeah, last week. Um, and Tyson Williams is freaking fantastic. And he only added to that against the Panthers. I mean, his touchdown run was fantastic to balance. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. This kid is fantastic. He reminds me of Ricky Williams running the ball with the 34 and the Williams on the back. And he's just got, he's impressive. I mean, it, I was saying last week on our, on the recording, you know, it, Justice Hill's not going to make this 
this ball club. I mean, he's lucky in some respects that he got hurt because I think he would have been straight up cut if that were not the case. Now, what what is Hill's actual injury? That's a good question. I'm not sure that I know, but I, I think you're right in, in the fact that uh, Williams has kind of um, taken over that RB3, that lead in the RB3 race. Uh, and, and of course, Hill not being able to play doesn't really help his case. But the other guy is McCrary, who, who has looked pretty good, too. But yeah. I, I just you just can't really ignore what Williams has done so far. His, like you said, his balance, his contact balance uh, is pretty impressive. Um, And and it made me think that, you know, if you include him with Edwards and Dobbins, I mean, the balance between those three guys, you know, you always see them bouncing off of guys, you know, Dobbins is putting his hand on the ground to stay, to stay on his feet. And, and, And like the balance of those three guys is amazing. And, it's like oftentimes running backs like that that get really annoying for opponents because like man I hit him like why didn't he go down yeah and, uh, and like opposing fan bases are just like how did he stay on his feet and we have yeah. three of those guys that can do that and I'll tell you what I also like that Tyson Williams appears to be a pretty good receiver out of the backfield yeah I mean there there are some things that were you know both seeing and reading I mean apparently he's picking up blitz as well and all this, I mean, I, I'm really excited about that. I mean, I, it sounds weird to talk about being excited about your third string running back, but when he shows you that much and you realize you could really have a legitimate three-headed monster at running back. I mean, Justice Hill has always been about the talent. Oh, look at the speed. Wow, this guy could be really good. Well, he's never really translated any of that, for the most part, onto the football field during a game in the NFL at this point. So it's put up or shut up time for him. Already I've seen more from Tyson Williams in these two games, these last two preseason games, than I think I've ever seen from Justice Hill ever. I mean, is that a fair statement? I don't want to totally, you know, maybe I'm that's hyperbole and I'm not giving Justice Hill as much credit as I should. But, yeah, there have been there have been like flashes, but like you said, I mean, well, yeah, a there, lot there of it is flashes. potential I'm unrealized. Say he hasn't had some moments where you're like, oh wow, because I mean, obviously we all like the speed, but not that consistent. He's getting carries mm-hmm. and looking good, like Tyson Williams has. I mean, he's gotten the bulk of the carries. Um, well, not so much, I guess, against the Panthers, but certainly against the Saints. I mean, he was the bell cow against the Saints and still looked damn good came in at times against the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe McCrary is another guy that you can try to bring back onto the practice uh, practice squad again. Yeah. You know, to he have, looks to good, have a little bit of depth there. And he, he, he looks runs good, too. I mean, he's, he seems bigger he does. than he is. Yeah, he does run very tall. I th- What is he, number 18? That kind of just number looks 18. weird on the running back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's four good backs there, and... and you know, always brings brings you back to like, you know, running backs don't matter or whatever. And you know, that's a different conversation. But there's a full stable there for the Ravens to, to operate with. And, and it's going to infuriate fantasy players uh, as yeah. uh, Edwards and Dobbins take carries from each other. And who knows if, if you know, RB3, whether it's Tyson Williams 
you know, get some carries as well, because that's certainly possible. Yeah. There's plenty of carries in this offense to go around. So no doubt. Um, I mean, think about yeah. how much we still use Mark Ingram with, you know, mm-hmm. with Gus Edwards and JK Downers last year. Um, yep. So there, there are carries to go around. No question. Yeah, for sure. And if we stay in the backfield a little bit, the fullback spot, I mean, Ricard, Pat Ricard is, is, you know, a lock to make the roster, but, you know, somebody who I've been impressed with, too, is Ben Mason, and, and he was kind of a controversial pick, I guess, because, you know, there were some other needs that maybe could have been addressed, uh, like we've seen with the swing tackle spot, you know, a, a place that a position that hasn't been really addressed. But Ben Mason has been pretty solid. He was I think he was pretty good against the um, against the Panthers, you know, picking up blitzes, you know, sealing uh, the edge for for some outside runs for McCrary. So, you know, while we kind of anticipated him being on the roster, you know, my mind is starting to change a little bit, which like, yeah, maybe he's he's going to stick around. I mean, his fit is, you know, it makes sense. And I think that his execution so far has been enough to get him a spot um, as, you know, a kind of a luxury, you know, backup fullback, another tight end, another special teams guy. Well, how many how many years does Ricard have? Is, is next year his last year? Yeah. This is year two of his contract. So mm-hmm. I think it makes sense to, you know, especially with Jordan Richards getting cut, you know, you're you're starting to cut some of the, some of those core special teams guys, and that's where Ben Mason's is going to make the team. You know, is being that core special teams guy that turns into the starting fullback whenever Ricard leaves. So seeing some of those moves on the back end, maybe where you would see, you know, somebody like a Christian Welch down, of course, at this point with LJ Ford, Christian Welch very well may make the team. But my yep. point is yep. where we may have been looking at a Christian Welch in years past as that core special teams player, maybe we're looking at a backup fullback like Ben Mason as one of those core special teams players instead of the the traditional defensive player that might might fill that role. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just looked up uh, Ricard's contract. This season is his last season. Oh. Uh, it was a, t- a two-year deal. Um, okay. Well, even more interesting. So, so that, right. so that a little bit more interesting. makes it even more likely that Ben Mason stays on the team because – I don't see us. Patrick Ricard is going to make a lot of money next season um, as a fullback. Some team out there that is going to be focusing on running the ball, whether it's, I don't know, Niners. You, you name the team. Well, they've already got uh, used Jeff, so I, I don't know if they would go, but maybe. I mean, they might, maybe they, maybe they create the offense I wanted to create, you know, with bringing used Jeff back, but. Um, yeah, I definitely think at this point I would agree with you. It, it, it certainly points more towards Ben Mason making the team. And definitely this week, or last week at this time, neither one of us, you know, we wanted him to make the team. But neither one of us were real positive about him making the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just hadn't seen enough from him yet. But I think yeah. against the Panthers, uh, you know, I was pretty impressed with a few of the plays. And um, yeah, I, I think he'll be there. So let's um, let's see. Let's go to the wideouts next, and then we'll make our way in. We'll do tight ends and then the offensive line. Uh, the wideouts, everybody's hurt. It's hard to kind of say what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it, it's hard. I think the 
Yeah, I'm sorry to speak over you, over you there, but I the, my main takeaway really with wide receivers at this point is really just I I, I don't see how Boykin can make the roster. I yeah, he, he like hasn't been there. He hasn't yeah. practiced. He hasn't played. I mean, at this um, point, we've yeah, seen it's more from Jalen Moore and Benjamin Victor than we ever have from Miles Boykin in any part part of training camp or preseason. Yeah, and, and you know those guys, both of them have done some pretty good things in, the, in yeah. these two games. They look like you know, they that, look more, like more solid than, NFL players, right? Not just not just being available because that comes first, but like actually making some catches, making some run after the catch, and uh, you know both of those guys have kind of shown up. And Jalen Moore has been a nice surprise, or maybe, I mean maybe not a surprise to others, but kind of a nice surprise to me is you know taking advantage of the snaps that he's been afforded by, you know, several guys ahead of him being injured. Um, of course, the main benefactor in my eyes has been James Prochet. I mean, every day before yeah. this week, every day you're hearing, you know, he was, you know, tearing it up. He was making nice catches, contested catches, you know, building some rapport with the quarterbacks. You know, every day James Prochet was in the headlines. So, you know, I think he's really, really taken advantage of the opportunity. So, you know, it's great to, for him to see. It hasn't really translated into the preseason um, game success yet, but he has come. I think he did come down with one or two catches uh, against the Panthers. So, and and I will say though, I did read today it bodes well that you know the coaching staff was saying that they're not concerned about uh, Prochet not showing up so far in preseason games because he has played so well in practice that they just haven't haven't worried and and there have been a lot of other factors in those preseason games i mean he played a lot of time mm-hmm. with with uh, mcsorley who was dealing with the back injury and just yeah. an offensive line that wasn't getting any push that particular game and you know so there mm-hmm. were a lot of issues when certain areas that have impacted i think crochet's opportunities but there's no question he has he's the biggest biggest winner so far on the on the uh in the receivers group yeah for sure i mean sammy watkins has been hurt but before the injury he was you know performing well had some good rapport with lamar um hollywood has been you know running on the side fields and things like that along with Deion kane and then of course Rashad bateman had the surgery um which sucks but you know i think it's better to do it now than than to ag- keep aggravating the, the groin and you know, he'll be back at some point, you know, hopefully he's not needed uh, in week one against the Raiders. I think that's a winnable game without Rashad Bateman. But, yeah. you know, let him. And let's face it, from and, everything, you know, from everything people have been saying about Rashad Bateman, he I don't know that he necessarily needs the physical reps. Mm-hmm. To to do what he needs to do, he needs to get the mental reps of our offense. And make sure he understands the plays and. All of that. And then we obviously need him to work with Lamar. But, you know, I, I'm not concerned about him being technically ready, if that makes any sense. You know, because mm-hmm. he he had there was so much praise for how good he was running routes and how well he was catching the ball and his his seeming veteran savvy for a guy in his first training camp. So that that to me bodes well. If we're going to have a rookie wide receiver miss most of training camp with an injury, he seems to be the guy that would be one that could at least recover 
and produce later on in that season. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And the other wide out that I want to give a shout out to uh, for his performance against the Panthers is Tylen Wallace. Absolutely. Um, he did have a near touchdown reception, but he had a nice stretching grab over on the sideline. He had another catch in which he broke a tackle and, and added some yards after the catch, which I think is going to be one of his uh, one of his strengths as an NFL receiver. So, you know, he's another guy who took advantage of the opportunity. It seemed like, you know, Huntley was comfortable throwing him the ball, you know, just in his general vicinity and uh, allowing him to make a play on it. So I think that's a really good sign as well. Agreed. And I think what you're also going to see is a guy like Tyron Wallace, assuming Miles Boykin does not make the team, you know, Tylen Wallace may take some of that role, you know, certainly as the not, blocker, it, not the blocker. I don't mean that, but as the, you know, the jump ball guy, the guy that's going to try to, mm-hmm. you know, make those contested catches on the, on the edge. Um, obviously we've also got Mark Andrews for that some too, but he, he would seem to me to be the guy I'd go for. I mean, is that crazy outside of Rashad Bateman when he's back? I mean, I, to me, at, at least the, the little bit I've seen of Tyron Wallace, I think he, he's the guy I'd probably want to throw stuff up to. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think, yeah, nobody nobody else really fits that. Profile. Yeah, I mean, nobody fits the blocking role. I mean, I don't know that. I, I, I think that that role is probably going to change, whatever that means. You know, whether that means we play, you know, um, one of the one of the tight ends, like a Josh Oliver, in that role, say, um, and he ends up almost being like a wide receiver, but we're using him in that blocking role. Um, just sort of thinking out loud. Um, I don't know, but certainly that is the issue if we don't have Miles Boykin. But I still I don't see how we can we can keep him. Yeah, I think you'll be a little surprised pleasantly by Tylen Wallace blocking um, if he gets those opportunities. Uh, I think from what I saw um, in the draft process, he is a very willing blocker. And more than willing, he's actually pretty decent at it. So okay. um, well, if he gets those opportunities. He just yeah, doesn't seem that, that's what, that's right. or, or am I not giving him the, the respect of his size? That Miles no, no he's, he's certainly not Boykin's stature, but I think that same willingness to block the same, you know, ability yeah. to block is, is there. And, and I think that also is a really good sign for him to get snaps at some point, you know, yeah. especially if, if guys ahead of him are, or, or continue to be injured. Or so of course you small. want that, you want that group to be back. I think earlier this week. So we're here on um, Wednesday, the 25th earlier this week, I think like the top six wide receivers were not practicing or something like that. And uh, you know, of course, you don't like to see that. So hopefully some of these guys can can get back at some point. Uh, I think they'll probably have a decent group out there for week one um, against the Raiders. So you mentioned Josh Oliver. So let's take it down to the tight ends. Um, I am continually continuing to be impressed by Oliver, despite the fumble that he lost. Um, he was Huntley's favorite receiver against the Panthers, I think. He's a very tough runner after the catch. He seems to have solid hands. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I wouldn't say like great hands, but pretty solid in general. And, and you know, he's kind of surprising me with his blocking as well in, in a good way. He was, like you said, despite the, the, uh, 
the fumble, which was kind of stupid. Um, the rest of it has been pretty good. I mean, I like him as our number three tight end. I mean, I think he yeah. he's solidified that role. I think it was a nice a nice trade. You know, I'm not trying to say he's going to be a Pro Bowler, but I think he could be he could be a nice weapon for us as a in three tight end sets. Um, just that that additional receiving tight end to go with Mark Andrews when we don't have Nick Boyle available, um, or with Nick Boyle once he is available. Because I mean, let's face it. Eric Tomlinson's okay as a blocker, but he he doesn't give you much else if that. Um, mm-hmm. So having Josh Oliver available would be great, I think, for this offense. It would add that extra little wrinkle that we didn't have last year. Yeah, I agree. And we got him for a seventh-round pick. I mean, I think – to get your to get your third tight end who has his potential and who can contribute in the way that he contributes and all you had to give up was the seventh round pick I think that like you said I think that's a win for sure and uh definitely absolutely pretty impressed with him um the other guy that you like a little bit that that you wanted to bring back onto the practice squad was Tony Polyon um Polgen I think it's entirely sure Polgen Polgen. Wait, yeah. I've got the hold on. I've got the pronunciations right in front of me. I think Polyon sounds cool. Polgen. It is Polgen. Polgen. All right. I'll give him Polgen. Yeah, um, he's just an intriguing player, just because he's, he's big huge. and developmental player. Wasn't he a quarterback at UVA or something like that? Right. So right. Um, I definitely. He's he's just a player I'd like to see us. Um, you know, developmental wise, he's interesting physical, physical presence. He'd be a, he'd be an interesting um, practice squad guy. You know, to stick around. You know, the Ravens have continued continued success developing tight ends, and it would be cool to have a six seven, two hundred and fifty yeah. pound tight end that used to play speaking quarterback. Of, speaking of developing tight ends, it really does suck when you start seeing Darren Waller on all these like top 100 lists as one of the best tight ends in the league and blah, 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 blah. I mean, fantastic and God bless him. But the fact that we basically got nothing for him and he turned into the player he's become is very frustrating. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think you can't really blame. I mean, Ravens it's always going to I mean, stuff like that's going to happen. I'm not like, yeah. I'm not trying to knock the Ravens for it. It's just frustrating. You know, it's one mm-hmm. of those things that, you know, like for anyone, I mean, just going, oh, man, what could have been? But, oh, right. Well. I mean, it happens all the time. It yeah. happens all the time. Where, you know, former Ravens go on. Former Orioles go on to have yeah. success. Oh, that happens all the time, which is a, which is a shame. Lord but, knows. you know, I, yeah. Do we have a uh, Shohei Otani show check? We know how we're doing. Oh, tonight. you know what? I don't even want to. I don't even want to look. I don't even want to look. Oh, the Orioles scored two off of them in the first. Really? Inning. Wow. Yeah. Feels magical. Maybe like lead off. Negative Nancy over here. Sorry. Wow. Lead off home run, Cedric. Yeah, let's go. And the man, Anthony, Anthony Santander, another solo home run. Two wow. two. I didn't. I didn't look into. On fire. He's right yeah. He's go. been on fire for sure. Uh, I didn't check into how the uh, the Angels scored, but got the home runs off of Otani. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And then, you know, I haven't really seen a, a ton out of Andrews. You know, it seems like he's stacking good practices, and that's what you want to see. But preseason games, I don't think, again, 
he's a guy that probably doesn't need it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the tight end room is going to be fine. I think even if it's guys that we haven't really heard from, I think we can, you know, assume that they'll be solid because they're well coached and, you know, Agreed. maybe they won't be awesome, but you know, Mark Andrews is going to produce. So uh, it's all good there. And then let's slide it in one more time to the offensive line, which from week to week was probably, for me, uh, the group that had the biggest difference in, uh, you know, week week one of the preseason, pretty bad. Uh, week two, I think they were pretty decent. Um, they were. They they got a lot better. Obviously, Kevin Zeitler could play a little definitely bit. Definitely nice now. to have him back. That yeah. was nice. Bradley Bowden. Yeah, filling a wave of some snaps. Yeah. I mean, overall, I mean, it was good. You know, and now we're going to have Ryan Stanley coming back. And, you know, all it, it's just it's starting to solidify, which is what we wanted to see happen. Things mm-hmm. are getting a little bit more um, stable. Um, which, which sure. let's face it, the one t- one of the areas where we really did need a, a training camp and these preseason games is the offensive line, so they can get their timing down, so they can really um, start to gel. And mm-hmm. hopefully, last week and now this week coming up against the Redskins, or excuse me, the football team, um, you know they'll be able to continue to to gel. Yeah, I'm not sure how many starters we're going to see in that game, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I, this is this is the I'd first like year see, with three I'd games, right? I'd like to right? see them get the first quarter. That's about it. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I mean, I don't think we're going to see Lamar. Um, probably not any of the – probably not yeah. uh, Mark Andrews. Probably not any of the starting secondary guys. Uh, like, well, none of the starting corners. But – um, moving back to the offensive line, we're, gets, we're getting some really good news on the Ronnie Stanley front. He's practicing in full. He's been in pads. Um, I believe he was practicing against the Panthers. Um, you know, so that is really good news. It sounds like he will be ready to go for week one. Um, he certainly will not be appearing in the last preseason game. Uh, I don't think he needs to, but, um, you know, it's definitely nice to have him back. And that kind of anchors everything it like lets things slide back into place the way that they should be like you mentioned getting Zeitler back at right guard is is really nice um instead of having some questions there Villanueva at right tackle um really nice to to have him you know have his role instead of thinking oh is he going to play left tackle is he you know yeah. which side is he going to be on whatever he can he can just kind of anchor into that spot and then the one place um and then Bozeman, of course, at center, you know, haven't noticed any bad snaps out of him. Um, but the one spot that still remains to be determined is left guard. Ben Powers was my favorite to win the job uh, before any of the preseason games. Uh, after the, the Saints game, we had him on the chopping block, uh, but, you know, in, in the in the in the previous episode that went unreleased. But we were ready to cut him. Uh, based on him just well, over just the right tackle. Hold on a second. You were ready to cut him. I actually didn't have him being cut on my list. You yeah, yeah. Kick him to the curb pretty quick. Well, so the way that I took him moving over to right tackle, uh, I thought that was really bad news for him. Yeah. Uh, like a position that he's never played at the NFL level. 
you know, all of a sudden you stick him over there. He doesn't even look good over there because, of course not. Like, how is he supposed to do that? Uh, I think it was, you know, kind of just have somebody out there and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, catch somebody's eye for his, his spot at right tackle. But, you know, move move back and started at left guard again against the Panthers. I think he was a lot better against the Panthers. Um, and then, you know, he, once he was done at left guard, you know, he was done for the game. And I think that's a much better sign than being moved yeah. over to a position you never played before. The other competitors there. Uh, Tyree Phillips injured, Ben Cleveland injured, uh, and, you know, returning to practice, but not to games. Uh, it's still up in the air. And, and, you know, I guess like at this point is powers, the leader in the clubhouse. I mean, I think he has to be, I mean, unless, unless there's something going on behind the scenes, we're unaware of, and I don't see how there could be just based off the fact that there are injuries involved. Um, he's got, he's our starting left guard. I mean, I, I think, um, moving forward, that's gotta be how we need to look at this now by mid season. Will some, will Ben Cleveland usurp him? It's very possible. But at this point, I think week one, Ben powers is our starting left guard. With the information we have now, for sure. I mean, you yes. never know who's going to get cut yeah. elsewhere. As we, um, as we sit here today, you know, mm-hmm. on the 25th, it would certainly seem like. Ben Powers has done enough and is at least in the driver's seat to start at left guard. Yeah, and I think the continuity kind of helps. You know, he's been around. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, it's been a roller coaster ride for me with him, you know, anointing him the starter and then ready to cut him. And then, you know, kind of guessing that now we're anointing him the starter again. Yeah, I guess I guess I guess we are. Um, but yeah, it's it's been an interesting road at that left guard. Next spot. week, you're going to no. want to trade him for a first round pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't <laughs> mind. I wouldn't mind. But, you know, the other guys that have kind of caught my eye is one thing that's been really interesting is how and where Pat McCary is lining up. Um, very interesting that he's started at left tackle. Uh, instead of moving other guys around, uh, I believe he came up as a tackle and then, you know, his physical profile moved him inside, uh, at, at Cal. So he does kind of have some of the tackle skills, but just not the, uh, the frame for your typical tackle. So, I mean, I guess he could play like all five positions, but do we really want him to? Maybe not. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, that's questionable at best. Um, we'll just have to see. I mean, he's he's played, you know, admirably at times, you know, all over the line. So he's certainly mm-hmm. not a player I want to see us cut. No, but trusting no. him to be a swing tackle. I don't know if that's the the greatest of plans going into no a, a, yeah, a potential no, Super Bowl so. contending season. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, the other guy that's that's been at tackle is Michael Schofield and. A guy that we kind of disagreed on last week was Adrian Ely. So Schofield has shown fine. I don't think he's he's you know stood out in any bad way. So is that? I mean, is he the swing tackle? He's listed as the second string left tackle on yeah. uh, on the Ravens depth chart. And you know, Adrian Ely is is the sense that I'm getting is that you know they're kind of hiding him 
to be honest. Like he didn't he didn't play much against the Panthers, and I think he's a guy that they want to add back to the practice squad, and they don't want to give other teams too much of an idea of what he's got. It could be. Um, you know, I think I, I'll be honest. I think it definitely definitely says something that Schofield. You know, I don't know how much into depth charts. There's probably not much because they're put together by the the PR staff. Mm-hmm. But whatever it's worth, Schofield moved up from third string to second string in the last week. So Don't somebody mean, somebody thinks. Yeah. So somebody thinks he's the best backup left tackle on the team. Mm-hmm. Um does that play out? We'll just have to see. I mean, maybe he's winning himself a backup roster spot. I mean, he is a veteran. I mean, we don't. I don't know much about him. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a great evaluator of offensive linemen, considering we consider to always anoint guards that suck. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, who knows? He may end up making the team. Certainly, certainly very possible. I, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility because you need somebody in that in that te- backup yeah. tackles. So let's talk about real quick guys that we we don't think are going to make the team. So I think Ben okay. Bredesen does not make the team. I don't think Greg, so. Greg Manx, Foster Sarrell, so. these guys are not making the team. Um, Ely, I think it's cut. Say again. I think Ely gets cut and brought back to the practice squad. Yeah, I don't think he takes a roster spot from anybody. Mm -mm. So I think that leaves us with our full complement of offensive linemen after Bredesen gets cut, right? So Schofield, McCary, Cologne, and Phillips would be our backups. Yeah, it was like nine. Yeah, I think that's nine. Yeah, I think that works. Yeah. And and then again, that's why you can't keep – three quarterbacks because then exactly. you got to cut one of those now, guys the other or you got to cut somebody in the is the Ravens apparently feel very confident that Jawan James will be able to come off of um off of the injured list really at some point late in the this. season I mean they well I'm just not, it's not new information this is just from when we signed him to begin with and oh, okay. they had mentioned that Despite despite what the news had been, they were pretty confident he might have a chance to come back sometime really? in the season. So if that happens, I know it's probably questionable at best, but if that happens, that could be a real boost for the for the offensive line at that point too. Even yeah, just to give guys a cool. blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be pretty cool. Um yeah, I, I think we're on the same page here on the offensive line. So we we've spent about forty minutes talking about the offense. Let's uh let's get it over to the defense um, because a lot of a lot of interesting discussions over here as well. So let's start on the defensive line. We had all the monsters playing against the Panthers. I think the defense overall was was pretty impressive all game. Um, you know, there were some nice runs by Chuba Howard, but. You know, overall, I think I think that the defense performed really well. You know, for a lot of the starters played a lot of um, a lot of the downs early on, and then of course the the depth was able to force the Panthers into you no know, first downs in the second half, which is uh, pretty impressive. 
No doubt, man. I mean, this defense looks good. I mean, it's deep. The young players look hungry. The young players look polished. Um, both the, the draft picks from last year and this year. I mean, it's it's exciting all the way around. Um, you know, there I don't think there are quite as many roster questions, I think, on defense as there were. I mean, definitely there are a little bit in the defensive backfield. You know, mm-hmm. but outside of that, I think some of the questions that we had, some of them have been quickly solved by injury or people getting cut, like Jordan Richards last week. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think think the the big thing for me on defense, a guy that has probably played his way into the the team again is Jalen Ferguson. Um, Yeah, he was good against Carolina. He was really good. He looked good. He is apparently got getting a lot of praise about how, how well he's practicing. I'll tell you what, the kid looks put together right now. I mean, you know, there's a real difference between what he looked like last year in training camp and this year in training camp. Um, I, you know, look, and I'm certainly not one to criticize anyone on the shape of their body, but he is a professional athlete. Um, so it's, it's wonderful to see that. And, I think he's gone. He's definitely gone from a person that was firmly on the edge of my bubble to probably not on the bubble anymore. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. I, I was um, trying to hone in on him uh, throughout throughout the Panthers game just because he was one of the guys that we had talked about really needed to perform, and I think he did. You know, both in run defense and rushing the passer, he did draw that holding penalty. Um, you know, otherwise he would have had a sack. Um, you know, he, he was setting the edge well. I think his versatility also, you know, he, he has the ability to slide inside and, and play inside as well. So I think all of those things, you know, kind of work in his favor. You know, like you said, a lot of reports of him practicing well. So, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, so far he's done enough to kind of, um, you know, work his way back onto the roster. I think that position group is just really, really tough right now because of, because of how deep it is. Um, and especially Which is after crazy. adding Who Justin Houston. Who would have Houston. thought coming into this camp that we'd be like ending or going into the third preseason game and going, man, our outside rush has some deep, we're depth, <laughs> deep depth there, you know, but right. let's face it between we added Justin Houston Jalen Ferguson's playing like he wants to make the team. Then you add in Owe and Dalen Hayes showing up as rookies. Hayes has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hayes really looks good. I mean, I think I might as, as, as much as Adafi Owe flashes just because of his physical prowess, I might be more excited about Hayes because he's going to take people by surprise. I think. His, he's got that little dip duck move. Uh, yeah. He just goes under tackles hands and he's he's shown up around the quarterback a lot you know yeah. he's, he's like pressuring hurrying um you know so i think he's been pretty impressive um i i haven't noticed him as much in his run defense uh but in his ability to rush the passer i think probably a little bit underrated and uh you know of course working with justin houston who who knows every trick in the book um you know that's got to be a good sign for him 
The one guy that I'm going to have trouble with is Chris Smith. Uh, we brought him in from the Raiders. Uh, I think he was a free agent signing um, outside linebacker. He had the awesome sack celebration against the Panthers, <laughs> just rubbing his stomach. That is, that's going to be tough if we, <laughs> if we, I believe he'll likely get cut based on the rest of the group here. But uh, losing that celebration, it, that's going to be a tough one for me. Yeah. Well, hopefully he passes that on to, to one of the other guys on the team. And somebody. Yeah. In memory of, they can keep that tradition alive. Um, yeah. So the, the other, you know, position group I think we should talk about. I mean, not that we want to want to totally disregard linebackers, but I mean, the middle linebackers are pretty well set. I mean, I think we don't really have to talk yeah. much about them. Um, just, or just outside of the fact that Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison are beasts and they should hopefully both make the Pro Bowl this year. Um, let's talk about the defensive backfield because there were some interesting, interesting moments against the Panthers mm-hmm. that I, I, I want your opinions on. So Nigel Warrior. He's now listed as a left cornerback. And he looks kind of good. I mean, he was locked down. Yeah, I I read this a a while ago that they've been lining him up at corner just because they know he could play safety. You know, he was was around all last year. They They know he can do that. And, you know, they've just been lining him up at corner just to see what he can do. And he's been pretty good. You know, he had a really nice pass breakup. Uh, down the field, Ardarius Washington had a really nice pass breakup playing outside. Absolutely. Uh, I believe lined up as a corner. So uh, I think just having the versatility there is going to is gonna be really beneficial um, because of the history of some injuries uh, in this group. Yeah, and, no doubt. Um, it's going to be tough to keep Warrior, I think, because of just the sheer numbers and the sheer talent that is in this secondary. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they handled that. Um, and now here's the other side of that is Sean Wade. How is Sean Wade yeah. impacted by not only Nigel Warrior looking so good, who I was writing off last week, but also Chris Westry, who continues to look like a player that will make this team. I agree. It's going to be a weird one for Sean Wade. Uh, that, that's an that's an interesting decision ahead. Uh, he did have the interception against the Saints, um, and I, I did see him in run support coming up pretty nice as well, which which has been one of the things that um, you know people have intent that that say he does well. So uh, it's going to be really interesting for Sean Wade. I, I think a lot of people. Um, thought he, that he was a steal in the sixth round and I think I agree with that but based on the other guys that are that are in this corner spot I mean I mean who does he beat out I guess is is the way to frame the question because uh, it's not player. yeah an injured player I mean the only one that's injured right now is Jimmy Smith is that right Tavon Young so I mean, yeah, so, on, I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there really that that seriously hurt. Yeah, Humphrey, Humphrey has the groin, but I think they expect him to be fine uh, for for the regular season. You know, Peters is fine, uh, Tavon, Jimmy, and then you have Averett, who's a really solid mm-hmm. number five. I think the, the the coaching staff is very very they high on him, and it's. 
it's crazy that he's the number five corner because I think he could probably start on a lot of teams. Probably uh, and then as much right, black as you he have, gets from so many Ravens fans, he's he's not a bad cornerback. He's not. He's absolutely not. And then you have Westry and you have Warrior. So that's already seven guys that, that you yeah. know, you can't keep eight corners. And that's how many are start, on the roster right now. You know, you start looking, okay, so Anthony Levine, mm-hmm. does he make the team? He does might Co-Cap, be so... Does Co-Cap get cut? I think he gets cut, but then... Uh, comes back. He comes back after somebody goes on IR. I yeah. think he's one of those. Like, the, you know, they kind of had the, the under-the-table kind of deal with one of yeah. these, with one of the vets, you know. Something like that with him. Um, Any but I other think players he's, I like think, that that could do that? I don't. I think he's just about the only one. I'm looking over the roster. I don't. Maybe Pernell McPhee. Yeah, he's the other name that stood out to me. Was was McPhee? Um, but outside of that, I don't. I don't really know. So there may not be a ton to do there. I maybe, mean, in maybe future like years, Ellis. maybe Jimmy Smith. Um, just because yeah. he he's made the statement that he doesn't want to play for another team, so I could see, I could see that being a thing until he wants to retire. Um, yeah. So but anyway, uh, it, that's going to be an interesting that that I think is the biggest intrigue. Certainly at this point for me is how that shakes out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any one of these guys could be added to so many NFL rosters. You know, somebody is going to be interested in bringing in a rookie like Sean Wade. Somebody is going to yeah. be interested in bringing in Chris Westry because of his, you know, just his physical stature and his speed. You know, Nigel Warrior because of his versatility. You know, Ardarius Washington, he was one of the priority free uh, undrafted free agents. And, and he's shown up both special teams yeah. and uh, as a as a as a defender. So team teams would be interested in him. So there's nobody. I don't think that would be like a lock to come back onto the practice squad is the way that I see it because other teams might be interested in adding them to their, to their actual 53 man roster. Yeah. Now if we be, were going to pull in a, a position off the street, you know, thinking about thinking about outside of our current, roster, what, what position would you target? A uh, potentially middle linebacker, just like a depth thing. Um, although, you know, I, I feel pretty pretty good about Queen, Harrison, Board, and Welch. Um, because the, the, the injury to, to LJ Ford kind of stinks. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's actually quite a big deal uh, because of just like, a solid third down play that we got out yeah. of him both in he, past, he's been really uh, good and like us. diagnosing yeah and, and he was he was here on such a team-friendly deal you know, he wasn't that expensive expensive yeah. as far as the salary cap goes yeah that single game swag think. with the number six going on or what was number, number three six, number three excuse me yeah yeah queen queen to six but i think that's going to be kind of a big deal because well, and, and I, I think that there's a little bit of trust in Chris Board as well to, to take over that kind of role. You know, he played a little yeah. bit of safety at, at times. So, uh, you know, I'm okay with that depth. I do, like, if, if that's going to happen, I think a, a veteran middle linebacker maybe uh, could 
can I see influence a maybe. I see it. I, I yeah. see getting some kind of a, a little bit more veteran presence, either tackle or or maybe an interior lineman somewhere, maybe a backup center kind of a player, depending on who's out there. Hmm. Um, but I, that's where I see us probably making a making a an addition. Now that said, too, well, no, I was going to say backup quarterback, but I don't I don't see that happening. Either. I no, mean, I don't and, think so. And it would have been a third stringer to Huntley, not 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 replace him. Replace him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's not that would probably be more of a a practice squad player than someone that would actually make the roster. Yep. Yep, totally. I uh, do want to talk about a couple things on the special teams. Um, sure. One, Jake Barrity will be on an NFL roster. Yes, agreed. Whether it's via trade or just him getting cut and signing some- somewhere, I think he has looked really good, um, to be honest. Yeah, Plenty yeah. of leg, um, very accurate as well so far the preseason. So he's done enough to earn himself a job and unfortunately he has the greatest one of the greatest kickers of all time in front of him and um that kind of stinks we can say the other this. thing i wanted to we can say this definitively justin tucker is the greatest field goal kicking opera singer ever so we can just say that right there and that's who jake verity has in front of him yeah, yeah it's tough tough to compete have to compete. The other thing I want to talk about real quick is the field goal at the end of the first half. Um, I thought it was brilliant uh, what what John Harbaugh pulled off there and, and with, was seemingly a really poor clock management situation. I think they purposely set up like a fire drill kind of like get the field goal unit on, kick it with the running clock run, running down to zero. I thought that was awesome. I think I it just felt like it was on purpose instead of just like kind of, you know, messing up the play call or whatever. I, I thought that was a really good opportunity to work on something like that. And if it was on purpose, I think it was brilliant. Yeah, I don't know if I'd necessarily say it was on purpose on purpose, but they were probably like, yeah, this is probably good. Let's just gather and try to try to do this. But you know what? I mean, there's a reason why. Har- Harbaugh's Ravens have won so many preseason games is because of his attention to detail and stupid things like this. So you're probably right, quite frankly. Yep. And then, you know, we can't go a single episode without mentioning he is a special teams guy. So that's right. You know, that's right. Right. So, you know, he, he's always paying attention to things like that. Um, Sam Cook, I thought was awesome. You know, he had he had the one like 64 yard punt or something that got the really nice roll. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's. He's a lock for the roster, I think. Um, and Nick Moore, I haven't seen anything bad out of him, so yeah, that's a good yeah, sign too. After, can't uh, complain. After Plus, he can punt left years and if years. Really need it, so he's got that up his up his sleeve. Yeah, for sure. So, man, I, what we got to do at some point is is re sit down and before the last preseason game, put together what our prediction for the fifty three. And then after the last season game or last preseason game, we can talk about uh, how we feel about it. And maybe Sounds maybe good. that's what we'll do uh, in that pre week one episode. Uh, like anything it. else you want to anything else you want to bring up before uh, we sign off? No, I think that's it. Outside of 
people are idiots for thinking they're going to suddenly figure out Lamar Jackson. I think that whole oh, narrative yeah. is so like, like Figure out what? Like, yeah, what are they going to suddenly figure out they need to put eight guys on him that are super fast? I mean, I don't understand what what they're going to suddenly figure out. I Yeah, I mean, what hasn't been figured out already? Right, the Ravens are going to run yeah. the ball. They're going <laughs> to they're going to have I mean, multiple so big people on the, the field. That's what you know. I mean, so I mean, if anything, it's time for Lamar to evolve a little bit, you know, and start throwing it more. It's not. I don't know. It's just that whole narrative is just dumb. But whatever. Yeah, and 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 it, they know everything. Like they know the Ravens are going to run the ball, and Lamar still runs for a thousand. Yeah, still. You know, and he still you know, won a playoff game. And, and I, I just don't understand, like you said, that narrative. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's clickbait. Like, it's what, clickbait bullshit is basically what it is. Yeah, it's it's clickbait. It's just a reason because everybody likes to talk about Lamar. Everybody likes to criticize Lamar. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what earns, earns some people their paychecks. But, yeah, I mean, it just, come on, give me a break. And and I loved his quote about it. He was like, "I doubt it, though. I strongly doubt it." And yeah, yeah of course, <laughs> it's a great way. Like, that was a perfect well, yeah, way that, to respond they, to that. How are, they, how are they going to figure out how to catch a guy that runs a four three? Like, <laughs> I mean, there's there's nothing to figure out. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's everything is out there. He's fast. He's shifty. He can throw. It you know it, it's just so silly to me. Whatever, let it go. I I don't get caught up in all that anymore. Is let, let at least trying to. And, of course, we're sitting here complaining yeah. about it. So we might be caught up in it, but um, just for just for the just for that. Yeah. Minute, so yeah, just for the just for the couple minute discussion we have here now. Right. Uh, right. Um. Okay. Well, I think that was that was it. We hit every position group. We even talked about special teams. Um. Yeah. I think we, I think we're good we, to go, man. I think we're good to yeah, go. Yeah, we'll we'll be back. We'll be back after this last preseason game. We'll be back to preview week one as the Ravens travel to Las Vegas. It's I'm so excited for football season. It doesn't feel like football season yet, weather wise, but as soon as the uh, temperature turns down a little bit, um, oh baby, you know, as soon I'm, as I'm ready to go. And it's like that suddenly that humidity that humidity wall like mm-hmm. just breaks for us. Oh yeah, East coast and. It's a glorious thing. Oh, yeah. And then when it feels like football season, it'll oh, be football season. And it yes, is so it close. It yes, is so it close. So, Holly, you want to sign us off? Well, just I'm just going to continue your positive thoughts of, man, it's football season. I couldn't be more excited. Let's see how this third preseason game works out against the football team as we venture to uh, FedEx Field to try to play on play the uh team formerly known as the racial slur and let's uh let's see what happens man I, the defensive backfield competition is going to be fun to watch watching tyson williams run and mm-hmm. run shot over those washington defenders is going to be fun seeing what we do with the rest of our offensive line will any of our wide receivers actually play you know it's going to be a fun one yeah absolutely and with that hey say go Ravens. go Ravens.